Welcome to Lifting Your Soul Podcast. This is your host, George, with my man, Scotty. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us again for episode eight of Lifting Your Soul. Hello, Scott. Hello, George. How are you, young man? I'm very well, thank you. Are you okay if I refer to you I've as a young man? had a bit of coffee man? and I'm good now. <laughs> you had the coffee. <laughs> you can talk. Yeah, it's still going, but yes, I'm Excellent. good. I'm Excellent. good. At some point throughout this podcast, I'm sure there's going to be no coffee and then we will hear you yeah. do <laughs> Slow down. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for joining us for episode eight of this podcast. Uh, as of episode seven, we got up to chapter five of Romans verse 11. If you've been following us for a little while, as hundreds of you have, you know that we're going through uh, the different verses and chapters of, of the book of Romans. But what we've decided to do today is we're going to round off chapter five and do the last few verses from 12. 12 to I think it's 21 in chapter 5 fairly quick there's a couple of main points we want to bring out there and then we're going to try to hit the whole of chapter 6 and then from this point on we're going to have each episode to do a full chapter so then it's chapter 7 chapter 8 chapter 9 um, and obviously we will reference all because as you know the Bible wasn't written in chapters it was written in books and so chapters don't finish at the end of that chapter or the discussion doesn't necessarily finish at the end of that particular chapter. So we'll spill over on either side of the chapters in order to make the points, but you get the gist of what we're saying. It's just make good, we're just thinking it will make it a bit easier for people to be able to reference if they're studying the Bible and go, oh, I really want to know what these guys have said about chapter eight. Well, there it is. It's a full episode. So you're right with that, Scotty? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, sir. So we're going to launch straight in. And uh, we, so we finished at Romans chapter 5, verse 11. And then from verse 12 to verse 21, it's a very significant couple of points there. Uh, what is the title on your Bible for that? <laughs> uh, mine says, Death in Adam, Life in Christ. Death in Adam, Life in what Christ. What about yours, same? Uh, absolutely. Yep. Exactly the same. Yeah. Um, and, and this is literally it. What, 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 does, this, what does this next, uh, what is it, nine verses say to you? Are you asking me? Yes. Oh, well, basically, the next nine verses is really just about Paul making the the argument that uh, death came via one man mm -hmm. through Adam, okay, and therefore all have sinned. So just as death through came through one man, we've got life came through the one man, Jesus Christ. Right. And and that's pretty much it in summation. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, that's pretty much... Um, the argument that he is basically going through from um, 12 to 21. But he, yeah. he, he pulls a few things out there, but yeah. Well, let me ask yourself? you a question, because if you know the story of Adam and Eve, uh, the serpent, Satan, uh, deceived Eve. Paul himself, who wrote this letter to the Romans, says in another book, in another letter, that it was Eve who sinned first and then and then got the, the husband, Adam, to partake of that. Why do you think Paul here says sin entered the world through one man, not one woman? Or does he mean man as in mankind? Or does he mean man as in actual male? I'm not, I couldn't tell you what exactly I th he means. Mm -hmm. What I think he means is that you've got... Um, You've got mankind represented in Adam. Got you, yes. Yeah, so yep. when he's talking about man, he's meaning both of them. Yep. But God is whole, is is kind of referring, if you like, uh, from a headship position. So Adam was the leader of the house. Mm -hmm. They both sinned. Mm -hmm. Adam has been held accountable. So is Eve, of course. Yes. But I think that in, in the discussion, death came through one man, Adam, meaning the first man. Yep. Death came to all mankind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. That's how I understand it. What I, about I, would, I would tend to agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I think there are a couple of good points you brought up there. One is that in Adam represented all of mankind, male, mm -hmm. female, uh, but also the headship. Yes. That while Eve, who was not present, she hadn't been created yet when God said to Adam, you can eat of everything in this garden except for this one tree, the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So Eve's knowledge of that is assumed to be passed on from Adam. Mm. <laughs> I'm, right? I'm so surprised that you came in like this. <laughs> Why is that? I did not expect you no, to start no. talking about this. There you go. Right. 
Because I think what happens is, I think what happens is, it's the, to me there's a lesson in there's a lesson in this. Hundred percent. Not just that sin came through one man, and then and then um, life came through, and forgiveness came through another man named Jesus, and I, and and we'll we'll touch on that in a moment. But also there's this headship lesson happening in that all mankind. This is why we're all sinners. This is why there's wickedness in us, is because this person. And look, let's not blame Adam and Eve. If it wasn't Adam and Eve, it would have been their sons. It would have been their grandsons. It would have been 15 generations down the track. Some human was going to touch that tree. That's the whole point. We had free choice and someone was going to touch it. Because they're going to say, why, 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 why don't I? Why can't I? And that was Eve's thing. She looked at the tree and it says it was, she looked at it and it said it was good for the sight. It looked tasty <laughs> for food and that it would make her intelligent or smart or like God. And so she reached out a hand and touched it. Where was Adam standing? He must have been close because she gave him some. Correct. Close yeah, enough for been, him. He would have been close enough to be with her, uh, yes. obviously, yeah. You know, if he, if he wasn't within earshot, it was enough for her to take and bite and go, Adam, and he hears her and then, and then she gives him the thing. So God's saying the headship still played here. I made you first, Adam. Then I made the woman as your helpmate. And here she is, gone and done something, but you're responsible for this. Mm. And I told you. It's a good point that you that you make because when when um, the Lord God first approached Adam and Eve, um, one of the things that He does first is says, "Adam, where are you?" Yes, and then He questions Adam Correct. first on what have you done? Yes, and Agreed. then He says, "Lord, it was the woman that you gave me." Yeah. Then she says, "It was the serpent." The serpent. So you know, there's a handball of it's not my fault; it was his fault. Exactly, or, and know, the handball was started by Adam. Handball the guy who was responsible for that whole thing. Because God asked the question Correct. to the head first. Correct. And he does that over and over and over again through mm -hmm. Paul in all of the different epistles and all the letters that he writes. When he's talking to a family, when he's talking to a husband and wife, nine times out of ten he talks to the husband first. Right? Mm. Or he gives the husband the greater job. I, I think that precedent is is set by via God's creation. Absolutely. You know, yeah, absolutely uh, something that's very missed today. You're very much missed today, mm. and and now we have. And the reason why I bring this up is because the last few days, uh, as you know, I do that other podcast about making great men, and so I'm, I'm getting I'm getting quite a few in, in my social media feed about guys talking about men and you know and, and men and what men should be masculinity. And one guy made an interesting comment, um, which I'm hearing a lot more of, and I don't disagree with, but obviously it's it's void of God. Right. Um, it is the if a man walks in his masculine energy, that enables a woman automatically to walk in her feminine energy, and she doesn't have to. Um, she doesn't have to have stronger masculine traits in order to counteract what the what the partner has usurped. Yeah. Okay. Now I, I know where, they're using the word energy. That. I've never heard that yes. referred to before. What I would have asked is, what do you mean by masculine energy? energy but yeah. We don't need to go down those lines. Well, but you know, yeah, you, I understand, you understand what, what it means. Yeah, so there, yeah. there's a recognition of the hierarchy <clears throat> that God has placed of if a man behaves like a man is designed to behave, yeah. then a woman automatically behaves like a woman's ought to behave. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the incredible synergy. That's why men and women are not the same. And so here we come to this place and God squarely places the blame on, on, on Adam. The responsibility that sin into the world is on you, Adam. Mm. Forget about Eve. And there's no mention of Eve in this whole, <laughs> in this whole chapter. Yeah, here. definitely. Um, but more important than all of that, as you said, is that this free gift that wasn't a free because Jesus gave his life for it was given to us by one man called repentance, called forgiveness of sin. Um, how do you take then for the rest of this, for the rest of this verse you know, it, it sort of re it repeats itself a couple of times. Through one man's offense, judgment came, resulting in condemnation. But through another, another man's obedience, forgiveness came. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that interesting? Yeah, yeah. So he's creating the contrast. Yep. You know, basically the, the whole idea is, is that what came through Adam as the headship, Christ, basically bought life, bought yes. healing, bought, you know, um, Life, basically. Yes, yes. And so, yeah, that this is this is the argument that he's going towards. In that, you know, we 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 read Romans five eight. It was that whole five eight thing last yes, time. Was you yes. know, um, God demonstrating His own love towards us, and while we we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm. It's the whole um, nature and um, that which was taken from us. Yes, Christ is restoring. Yes. 
Agreed. The the last verse, uh, last two, 20 and 21, yeah. say something very clear here. Moreover, the law entered, entered th- uh, that the offense might abound. So he's saying, because he says it here a little bit, a little bit before this, a few verses before, when the law came, sin was made very obvious. Yeah, yeah. And he does explain that um, a little bit more in chapter 7. But yes, yes this is where he's driving towards. He's, dri- he's starting to drive this point. That's why yeah. I bring it up. Yeah. And he says, so So from Adam to Moses, because yep. Moses was given the law, yep. it doesn't mean they weren't without sin. Correct. Right. Sin still reigned. We know that because man still died. Still died and there yep. was still sin in there. There's still sin because in the world. Because, and how will they be judged? Well, there's consciousness. Yeah, we've already spoken about that in... Right. Chapter 1, I think. Exactly. So even if you don't have the law, you're still guilty of breaking it because you just know. And because you just know, uh, he goes on to say that, therefore sin reigned in death, but now grace might reign through the righteousness that's eternal life through Jesus Christ. So even though sin abound, grace abound much more. Yes, and th- this is the point that leads us into the start of chapter 6. Excellent. Because he actually asked that question. Yes. So let's let's start at chapter 6. So that was just the finishing off chapter 5. So let's do chapter 6, Scott, if you don't mind me reading this. Um, so chapter 6, verse 1 says this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Because he just said that when there's sin, when sin abounds, grace abounds. So, so should we sin so that grace can abound? <laughs> Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. What an incredible picture that is. Mm. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Anything you want to say about those first four verses? Oh, man, that's just uh, fantastic, really. <laughs> um, I think I think that um, it's a good question. You know, he, he asked this question, and then a little bit later on he asks another question. We'll get there in a minute. Yep. But I think what he's doing is he's obviously making the contrast between, obviously, Adam and, and death and Christ and then grace and truth. Yes. But like you, like you did mention, you know, verse 20 says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Yes. So then from a human argument, mm-hmm. then you go, oh, okay. So if I've been given so much grace because I know how bad I was, therefore, if I'm... If, continue to if be I bad. continue to be bad and, and produce that, am I bringing glory to God by showing that the grace is yes. needed so much more? Yes. And he's basically he's like, no. creating this argument. Well, listen, when you came to Christ, you you died. Correct. You died. Yes. So and I love that. If you died to sin, you no longer live in it. Correct. So that's a very big point. It's a huge point. Really. The reason why that's a very big point, Scott, and, and, and obviously the next two chapters are going to be showing this, is when you have given your life to Jesus and you are following him, you're a true believer in Jesus. You've died to sin, died to self, and now you're raised, you raised again, as it says, we identify with him that we're raised to life in newness of life. And he goes on in, in a few, um, in a couple of chapters later, there's that we're new creation. That means you're no longer a sinner. Is yes. that correct, Scott? Yeah, that's correct. Right. That's correct. So you're no longer a sinner. So you're not identified. Before God, you are no longer yes. seen as a sinner. Correct. Because you are in Christ. Yes. You are in Christ. You're no longer seen as a sinner. And that's that's how he sees it. You know, one way that I love to think about this is we talked about the, the whole um, Adam thing and, and the difference between Adam and Christ. Let me ask you a this question and and it's a good good way to help you know our listeners to understand this as well. Yep. When we talk about that, you've got Adam and then death came via one man. Mm-hmm. How did how did you receive that death? How did you become sin sinner? How did I become a sinner? Well, uh, yeah, right. As in when I was born. Yeah. 
That's it. Got you. Yeah. Got you. Exactly. Perfect. So it's got it's top of the class, George. Top of the class. Thank top you, of the sir. Class. Yeah. <laughs> you were born into it. I was born into it because of flesh. Yeah. Exactly. Got you. Right. Yeah. Yep. So what happens when you become a Christian? Your flesh is dead. Yeah, but Jesus you, says, yes. unless a man is what? Born again. Born again. Yes. Right? So so we were we were birthed into sin yes. with the flesh, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But just as we had no idea, we didn't realize, you know, you didn't choose to sin at some stage. You yep. were born into that. Yes. So therefore- It became our nature. It became your nature. Yes. Exactly. So the contrast is the same. When you became born again, it wasn't by human decision or mm-hmm. a husband's will. Yeah, yep, the end yep. of John says this. John yes. chapter one. Yes, it was you were born of God. It yep. was God's decision that you became born again. Yes, and so yeah? you're born again. Yes, now you're in. That's what he means when he says in verse four. Uh, even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. It's a new life. Yeah. So in you're- essence, this person that has been born needs to start out working that new birth in their lives. Yes, okay. Yep, got it. Excellent. That's fantastic. But you've got this body of death, but we'll talk about that in the next chapter. That's the next two <laughs> chapters. Yeah, the next chapter before you. Yeah. All right, so if you want to read from verse 5. Verse 5, I can do that. All right. Uh, New King James Version says this, chapter 6, verse 5, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Awesome. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. He's still talking about that baptism and when we came to Christ. Mm -hmm. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Mm knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. Amen. (laughs) But the life that he lives, he lives to God. And I love this. Verse 11 says this, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Stop it. I just slapped my leg. (laughs) And it hurt, okay? But let, let me say this, Scott. This this sentence here, there, there's a couple of sentences there that are just, I mean, the whole thing was resonating with me, mm. and I'm sure with our listeners. Mm. But that last sentence, likewise, you also reckon yourselves. So yeah. understand, when he says reckon, the word reckon, and I remember doing a, almost a half a message about the word reckon one time, the word reckon is significant because he's saying to you, be convinced. Yes. Be convinced. That, that, not the reckon that you and I know. Hey, do you reckon we should go to? Uh, yeah, you reckon right. we should go to Macca's, mate? Not the Aussie reckon. Not the Aussie what reckon. What do you reckon, mate? Yeah, you reckon, mate? <laughs> right. <laughs> this exactly. this reckon, the actual word reckon, means it's almost like a legal argument. Develop a proper legal argument so you understand yourself to be dead to, indeed to sin. So understand it and believe it. Yeah. So I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. The way that I the way that I understand it is there's a truth that has happened. Mm-hmm. Therefore, now start thinking according to that truth. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Yes. So reckon yourself dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah. Dead to sin, alive to God. Dead to sin, alive to God. That's the part that we we uh, if look. <laughs> this is a, this is a statement. Look out. If people get anything from all of these chapters, as the Christians that are listening to this, from all of these chapters that we do, there's a lot you're going to get from this. But if you're going to get one central theme, it is that you are not a sinner. You are dead to sin. Stop thinking that you are a sinner that needs to repent in order to be forgiven by God. You are, you are, that's done. You are now alive as a new creation, yep. a newness of life in G, in Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where Hebrews goes into this a bit. Christ would have to die, if you like, over and over again. Yes. In order to pay for your sin that you apparently keep committing. Yes. Yeah. Correct. So the, 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 the issue with that is, is that you can't live in that state because that state is no longer who you who are. Who you are. Exactly. So then, let me let me let me let me play advocate here mm-hmm. of some of our audience who would say, "Well, hang on a moment, but I am saved. I believe that I am no longer a sinner." 
So how is it that I can still, inverted commas, air quote, sin? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, we are moving into um, the next chapter, but... Will, will chapter 7 talk about that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But we can, we can touch that because... We don't I mean, have to. We don't have to. But if you think chapter 7 is going to deal with that properly, then let, let's, let's do it then. But do you understand what I mean? Is I think that's well, one I, of the I common th- issues. I think it is. He's starting to drive towards Got this. You. Okay. Are you right? Because what, basically what he's basically I saying verse is... verse 12 is starting to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Verse yeah. 12 is starting to talk about that because what's happening now is that you're he's starting to create this argument that now you're in Christ. So death came through Adam, mm-hmm. right, which we're aware of, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so we died. We died. Got it. Right? Mm-hmm. But now we have uh, become Christian. We're followers of Christ because of what he has done. Yes. So the truth of that means that he died, like it says, once for all. Yes. That doesn't mean once and for all. It means once, once for all. For everyone. Meaning yes. he doesn't have to do it anymore, anymore again. for anyone else. Yep. He done it once, past past tense, Yep. Um, for everyone. So when you become a Christian, right, you are able to be born again, right? Yep. So you can't unborn yourself. Got you. Yeah? Right. So what happens is, is that you've got this, say, for instance, you've now got and we'll talk about it a little bit more in the next chapter. But what what's happened now is that we've got this uh, body, if you like, yes. that we're hanging on to. Mm-hmm. This that, mortal body, this, this flesh body. This flesh body, this mortal body, this what I call bag of bones mm-hmm. that hasn't quite yet uh, caught up. It's not redeemed. With what has happened on the inside of you. Great. So it's a corruptible, it's a corrupted body. Correct. Correct. Because that's the corruptible. It's not incorruptible yet. Yes, correct. So what you feel now is this body is still wanting to live the way that it's always lived. It's flesh. Got you. Okay? Yes. But the the issue is is that now there's a new nature inside of you, Mm -hmm. i.e. the born-again person. Yes. That somehow loves righteousness. That somehow loves uh, the things of God. Yep. And so what happens is, is that if you have tr- been truly born again, which like we discussed just before, if you have been, then there'll be an outworking of that. Yeah, okay. The main thing that I think that happens in your life, other than, you know, the the sweet, the sweetness of knowing his love and forgiveness and grace, is truly a hatred for sin. Yes. So anyone that has a love for sin who says that they're a Christian, I would definitely question their salvation. Oh, Absolutely. Now, in the in the sense now, now, of let's we that. still stumble, we yes. still fall, yes. We still, you know, if we if I'm honest with myself, there's times where I know that my flesh loves to sin, yes. But that doesn't mean that I hate it. That you there's hate a, what? The sin that I commit. Got you. Yeah. Yes. So it's almost like I have this body of death, which we're going to talk about next next um, chapter. Next chapter. So Paul is leading into this because the issue now is that he's asking the question, well, do I keep living in this sinful state? And he's basically saying, hey, listen, you've been born again. You've been redeemed. No, you can't live in that any longer because if you have been redeemed, there's got to be that sense of change in your life. So, okay, so so one, one of the points you just made then, because that, that was it, that was a really good, that was a really good su- summary there, is that... Because we are a new creation, because we have this corruptible body that still recognizes or wants to do things that are, let's define sin. Sin used to be your position. It used to be who you were, your nature. Yes. Once you've given your life to God and you're now a new creation, it's no longer your nature, but your flesh has still got the ability to do things that are miss the mark with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so you trip. So, as you said, we we make mistakes, we trip over, we 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 fall. Um, that's not. That doesn't mean we're now sinners again. Doesn't mean we're sinners. It means we committed a sin, or we we did an act that was in contravention to what pleases God. Yes. Right. Because he says here in verse twelve. Because I think you, this is what you sort of started touching on. Yeah. He says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. That you should obey it in its lusts. Yep. Okay. So, so understand understand that part. Don't let sin. So, because you are now the, the verse before it, you're alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Done. 
Then he says, therefore, because of that, mm-hmm. don't let sin reign in your mortal body. Yeah. So he didn't say don't let it reign in your spirit because your spirit's now alive to God. You're a new creation. There's a new nature in you. Your mortal body, this corruptible body, that tent that you're living in, um, will obey its lust if you let it to, if, if you let it happen. Absolutely. So he's saying do not let it happen in your mortal body. Yeah. And, and say, so, you know, like one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm sure that everyone who is a Christ follower that's listening to this and including yourself, George, is that there's this sense in which we are waiting for the promise of redemption. Yeah. We've been given the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. who is a seal guaranteeing our inheritance. Mm-hmm. So by him, we cry, Abba, Father. God has become our father. You know, Jesus is our Lord. And we are born again. We're alive to God. We mm-hmm. know that he's real. We we love him. We yes. love his truth, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's this part, though, that still like I'm still carrying around this bag of bones that just loves the things of this world, mm. you yes. know? Yes, yes. And so we know that the the very thing that we're waiting for when Christ is appears is to be given this new body. Yes. Yeah? Yes. So... The full redemption in the sense of the our glorified body is hasn't come yet. Yeah. So we're still okay. waiting for okay, that. Okay, got it. Yeah? Yes. Yes. So positionally, right, we have been saved. Yep. And we are citizens of heaven, mm-hmm. right? But Christ hasn't completed the full the full turnaround, if you like, the full turnaround that he has, because yes. he already has the glorified body. Yes, he has. Because there was no sin in him yes. at all. Yeah. The difference is, is that there was sin in us. So yes, there's a part of us uh, that has been completely bo- been born again, mm-hmm. and now we've got to act like that. Yes, yeah. So we've, we've got, got to got reckon to... ourselves yes dead to to sin yep. and alive to God and alive to God, which is actually positionally what we are. Yes. So it's making sure our mortal body walks in and agrees with our virtual. Our real, uh, our, our our virtual real nature. nature. Yes, yeah, that's right. right. So, because awesome. he goes on, goes on in verse thirteen, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. Yeah, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Mm. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law but under grace. Yeah, awesome. Right. So, so in summary, what he's saying there is. That your members, different parts of your body, yep. different your mind, your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your hands, mm-hmm. your heart, those sort of parts of your body that cause you to function in everyday life. Yep. Don't let those members be instruments of unrighteousness, but present all of these to God as being alive from the dead. Why? He's reminding us, you're dead, yeah. but you're alive in him. You're dead, yeah. but you're alive in him. Yeah. So act like you would have already received your glorified body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because when you get yes, your glorified that's body, that's how you're going to be. Yeah, because you're that's not going to have you're not going to have any of these issues. Yeah, in correct. a glorified body, sin is not a problem. Because because some people have asked me, well, when we go to heaven, and end times have happened, and we're now in heaven, why wouldn't we just well, all this happen again? Why yeah. wouldn't all this happen again by someone doing something they're not meant to? Because we won't have the corruptible body. We won't have our nature is alive to God, and now our body. Is alive to God. Our body, our soul, is alive to God now. Our mind, will, emotions is fully incorruptible. Yeah, I, I don't think we really realise how much the sinful nature tries to drive us. Correct. Because when we when we are totally got the glorified body and we're with Christ, we won't want anything right. to do with that. No, it, it would be abhorrent. It'd be abhorrent. It completely. Would be, it would be the only reason why it's some sort of you know pull towards. Um, the flesh yep. is because we still have it. Yes. That's, that's why we the, can't even understand it. That's why we can't understand it. Yeah. We, we think, well, are we going to have to struggle with it? No, no, no. There's no struggle. Firstly, there is no... Struggle is over. Struggle is over. Yeah, it's man. gone, right? And so he says in verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, you are under grace. Now, that doesn't mean the law's gone. It no. just means that you now don't live by law, you live by a higher, a higher plane, which is grace. Yeah, and grace, as Jesus puts it, is under law. If you killed someone, you're you're guilty of murder. Mm. Under grace, if you hate your brother, you're guilty of murder. Mm. 
Notice the dif- that's the difference. That's yeah. what Jesus is saying, right? Yeah. Because under this new kingdom, it's what happens in your heart that's eventually going to come out in your body. Mm. And so in your heart and mind is what he's saying. No, no, you're not under law. Don't, don't do everything up until the last letter of the law and go, see, but I didn't kill him. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't kill him. <laughs> it, it, that's really, it's just the same thing as what Paul's doing. It's a very human argument. Correct. So the, the, the issue that we, we tend to um, not fully grasp is that if there's anything good in me, right, and, and Paul touches on this in chapter 7, but if there's anything good in me that loves God's laws, that wants to obey him, that loves righteousness or whatever, what we've got to understand is that's because Christ's righteousness has been imputed to us. Exactly. That doesn't come from us. No, that he has given us It's not a good idea that. to do that. Yes. We, the only reason we desire that is because we have been born again. Correct. So when that fullness comes, mm-hmm. there's no, we'll be like Christ. Yes. So there'll be no sense in which we want to do anything. Do anything that's contravention to what yeah. who God is. Amen. So let's let's move on because I think this is this this second half here from fifteen to to twenty three is quite interesting. Mm. Uh, it says uh, the title for mine is from slaves of sin to slaves of God. That's Correct. It. Come on. Now, now here's the funny part. When it says slaves, it's, it means bond servants. So let me just make this clear because I've had I've had schmucks try to argue with me. See, the Bible says the Bible says. That it agrees with slavery. Slave, no, no, it doesn't agree with slavery. They're called bond servants. And by the way, bond servants is how people pay back debt. People went into bond servanthood because they didn't have work. So I understand this, <laughs> right? But even if you were captured as a slave, as a slave, as everyone in the world was back then, every, that's how every tribe lived in around the world. Uh, and mind you, white people did not create slavery. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> so if that's, what, if that's what you subscribe to, go read history. Even if you are a slave, the the Lord says, "Work for your slave, like as if you were for your master, like you're working for the Lord." Mm-hmm. As it's, unto the Lord, as unto the Lord. It's mm-hmm. a heart attitude. This is the this is the point that if Jesus, who while he was being nailed to the cross, spat upon, beard ripped out, kicked, kicked, ridiculed, naked, and he says, "Forgive them, Father, because they don't know what they're doing." He has every right to be able to say to us, he's got moral authority to say, you know what, doesn't matter what position you are in life, work for that person like as if you're working for me. And it's hard for us to grasp that because we want, we want. no, that's not right. Yeah, we know, we know it's not right. He's not saying, um, look, slavery's good, continue on with it. He's mm. not saying that. Mm. He's saying no matter where you find yourself in life, do it as if you're doing it for me mm-hmm. because I am the great reward giver. You might have a hardship in life now, and I think that we're in the Western Church. We can forget this. In we the can Western talk, Church, oh my Western goodness. Church. Don't, I mean, don't get us started. Like you mentioned before about reading yeah. history, what about the history that says that uh, forget what they were? It could be Moravians. I can't remember what they were, but um, there was, uh, you know, the slave ships. Mm-hmm. Christians would literally sell themselves into slavery upon those ships, and that was for life, right? For? To go into the hull of the yeah. ship for what and row. So that they could witness to those that were in the boat. Yeah, see? like come Sell on. themselves to slavery. Why? Because they've already been redeemed. They've been freed from sin. They would sell they know, themselves, they are, they would sell themselves into, slavery. into slavery just to witness. Because they, no one else is going to get down there. No one else is going to witness to wow, them. Wow, wow, wow. That's unbelievable. Yeah, don't quote me. I don't know if it was Moravians, but, but, it's, but it's, it is yeah. part of history. Yes. But isn't that interesting? And now, now our poor Western church... Is now screaming for its rights. Screaming for its rights. I'm worried about the lights and the smoke machines. Oh my goodness! And um, you want me to speak to my work colleague about Jesus? You want me to speak to my neighbor about Jesus? It's definitely the Laodicean age, brother. Huh? Definitely the Laodicean. I can't wait till we do revelations. (laughs) You know this. All right, let's go. Verse fifteen. It says, "What then?" Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? See, I love Paul's argument. He's such a good arguer. Yeah, yeah. Shall we sin, therefore, because we're not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Basically, like, we need to say certainly not with an exclamation mark. He's saying, you schmucks, hmm. do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. 
Man. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. That's exactly what we mentioned before. Exactly. Mm. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. <laughs> I saying to him, you're not going to understand what I'm saying, but I'm going to say it as simply as possible. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanliness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. So, so he's saying that because of who Christ has made you, who God has made you through Jesus Christ and he's imputed his righteousness to you, now your members, and I love you uses that word members, mm. all of those faculties about you, your that mind, thought, your will, mm. your emotions, mm. your, your hands, your eyes, your th- gates, of your, your serving. the serving, everything, yep. lay that, present that as members, as slaves, be bond servants to righteousness for holiness sake. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. One of the thoughts that I've been having uh, just during the week was this whole sense in which um, in Ephesians it talks about that God has saved us uh, to do for good works. Yes. That whole theme of good yes. works that he has prepared in advance for us to for do. Us. Yes. Now, God's always about us reaching out, you know. Very um, good point. You know, whether it be to the... the um, the lost, mm-hmm. or whether it be to one another within church life and Correct. in the community, it's it's always about um, acting like and being like Christ yes. wherever we are, Correct. and 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 God has prepared us absolutely to has. do that. Yep. So we're to live our lives now, not just to live not for sin, mm-hmm. but also to live like Christ before others. And that's the that's an important factor here because. If we were to focus just on not sinning, we will go towards sin. Yes. But what God has done, because what we focus on, we know this is human as a human trait. Yeah. What we focus on, that's what we gravitate towards. Absolutely. So, for instance, a young man who is raised by a father who smacks his mum around and is alcoholic, who grows up hiding under his bed saying for a decade or two, I will not be like this man, I will not be like this man. If he continues to think I will not be like my father and does nothing else, he will become exactly like his father. Yeah, it's 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 very true, mate. I used to um, love riding mountain bikes, still do. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that my mates used to say is that when you're flying down a hill uh, in the bush, he goes, "You man, you got like this anointing of Moses, where the trees bend, <laughs> and you know you create a path." You know, and uh, I used to laugh. But one of the things that the reason why I don't hit a tree, why the trees seem to bend, is because my eyes aren't on the trees. My eyes are on the track. Yeah, right. If you're looking at the trees to try and miss them, guess what? You're going to hit the trees. You're going to hit the trees. Yeah, yeah very true. <laughs> it's, and it's exactly. so true, you know. Yeah. It's the same as sin. If you're focused on the sin in your life yep. and your sinfulness, you know, one of the things I've noticed more and more is that even, you know, we gave our lives to the Lord, if you like, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. whatever it was mm-hmm. now. And, um, you know, there's a whole sense in which you realize you've been forgiven so much and cleansed or whatever. But one of the the thoughts that I have is that as I've progressed in the Lord and I've read his laws, all right, i.e. his word, not just Moses, but his whole word is his law. Yep. Psalm 119, yeah? Yes. Love your laws. I've become so, and uh, anyone that's, you know, older in Christ will know this, I've become so aware of my own sinful nature. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like as I grow in Christ, yep. one of the things that is apparent is how much I need Christ. <laughs> it's so true. You know? It's so true. It's you, so yeah. good, you yeah. know, because the law is good. Yes. You know, but I, I, you, you kind of, as you learn more, you realize how much you need him. Yes. Agreed. You know? Agreed. Which, which sort of rounds off this last few verses of chapter 6 in verse 20. It goes on to say, for when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Mm. Ooh. But what fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? Mm. For the end of those things is death. So what fruit did you have when you were in unrighteousness and slaves to sin? Nothing. For the end of those things is death. I love how, how he says here, George, that, um, you know, what fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? Now ashamed. Yeah. So beforehand, it, I wasn't really ashamed of your behavior, of my behavior, or what I did, or whatever. Yes. yes. But a true Christian now has this idea of when they do sin, there's like this. There's shame. I shouldn't be sin. behaving. This I shouldn't way. be behaving like I, this. I'm. I'm now a child of God. Someone said it to me this way. I'm now a child of God. You are royalty. 
Mm. I mean, it says it says in in in, in the New priest. Testament, royal priesthood. Yeah. Amen. So you are a king and a priest, right? You, there, there's a royalty there that God has placed on us. Why am I acting like a pauper? Yeah. Which is what sin is. Yeah. Wow. Why am I acting like a poor man who's poverty stricken in the streets, wallowing like a pig in in mud and in a, in a gutter of a street? Why am I behaving that way? It's such a good point that we're obviously talking about tonight, George, and that is is that it seems as though as chapter 5 and all of this thing of chapter 6 is a whole call to living life for Christ, you yes. know, the, the, the call to repentance yes. and living our lives differently now. Yeah. Um, powerful, and, and, very and, powerful. And, and, and as you said a moment ago, in Ephesians, it talks about that he, we have been, we've been redeemed, we've been saved for good works. Yeah, prepared in advance. Prepared in advance. So yeah, we're not yeah, saved yeah. to just focus on sin. We're saved in order to do something mm. that the Lord has asked us to do. Mm. It could be, and that's what we have to find. Mm. I often, you know, I used to, I used to struggle when I first became a Christian because no one could explain to me what my calling was going to be. What's your calling? It was this big thing in the in the nineties? Yeah, oh, yeah, you're calling. You're calling. You're yeah. fine. You're calling. You got to get your calling. We're yeah. trying to. We're doing little exams. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Little, exactly. little, yeah I was little, just going to say that. You, you know, the surveys and, and you know the surveys yeah, your calling, and your gifts and your blood. Yeah. Chuck, 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 right? I think I've been all five of the you know pastor, teacher, prophet, evangelist. Exactly the whole fivefold <laughs> ministry. Okay. <laughs> And then, and then, I and then, I had a realization after reading the word and hearing the word calling constantly in the Bible, reading it, it just hit me. You don't look for your calling; your calling finds you. Mm. Serve the Lord, serve in what you where you're at, yep. and you will have a head-on collision with your calling. You know, one of the I, I listened to um, a great podcast um, this week, and it was, it was basically talking about true discipleship. Right, it was phenomenal. Yeah. But it made me realize that, you know, we are so far removed from just simply knowing how to be a disciple and to make disciples that we're so far removed from that. But yet what you're saying is, is that just live your life yes. with Christ yes, and and yes. and there'll be fruit in your life where yes. you're, you're making disciples, you're being a disciple mm-hmm. and, you know... You're not focused on my call, my exactly. ministry, exactly. my this or my that. Yep. I just want to be who I am now and, yes. and reach out to others that are directly in front of me. Yes. Or and whoever Christ brings yep. in my path. And and God in all of his wisdom and the intricate tapestry of life that he does so well, he will maneuver you exactly to where he wants you to be. He's the doing one who exactly. opens the doors. He opens the doors. Mm-hmm. I didn't get into ministry um, and preaching the gospel because I trained in a seminary somewhere and I knew someone who knew someone who got me open and who, oh, this guy's a great guy and it was my character. God did what he did. I served, as you did. This is your life. There's many people listening to this would know, whether it's in full-time ministry, whether it's in, in business, whether it's in employee, whether it's in C-suite, trading, doesn't matter, being a mum, being a dad. Our callings have got seasons. That's what we've got to understand. Yeah, There's a season, mum, where you're going to be a mum for 15, 20, 25 years. What a calling. What an incredible calling. Oh, it's amazing. Are you kidding me? Mm. And anyone who waters that down needs to be have their head read yeah. as a Christian. They don't understand. They don't understand what they're mm. doing then. As a father, same thing. And as a father, if you're out working for an, for an employer, then your calling is you go be, oh, well, that's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not passionate about this job. It's not the point. The point is it's a mission field. Mm. You be Jesus in that area. It's great. I go to the gym, Scott, mm-hmm. okay? I go to the gym. Uh, everyone in the gym knows that I'm a Christian. Quite a lot of them know that I, I was a pastor and still have got those credentials. Um, they they tell each other when new members come in. They all know this about me. I say hi to everyone. I talk to everyone. Anyone new, I met a guy named Mitch today, chatted to him. He's only been there for a few times. Bang, man, know everything about his real estate agent, loves this sort of food, buys from the local cafe, gets a big breakfast thing, tells him how much it is, feeds him and his mum. Yeah. This is good, right? Yep. Two boys there are, are they they are trainers, brothers, 19, 20, something like that, have got a mum. They live with their mum. Wonderful guys, brought up amazingly well. Blah blah blah. I've told you the story. They've come over here. We've chatted oh, the six boys, hours yes, yes, right, yes. about God. Everything yeah. from Genesis to Revelation yeah. went for six hours. I felt like I was a skeleton by the end of it. I yeah. was dried out, right? Because yeah, they yeah. were just so they were sucking me dry. <laughs> um, now he says to me today, and he said to my son a couple of days ago, "Hey, we've talked our mum into joining us. We'd love to come to church with you guys." Oh, awesome, zero, zero, zero church, zero, yeah, zero right. God. Like when I was explaining God to them, they had no idea, no concepts. Moses, what? Who's Moses? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Noah, who? Noah, I think you who? even spoke about it in a previous podcast. Yeah, yeah. Right. 
Today, he says to me, we want to come to church with you. Can we come next Sunday? If not next Sunday, the following Sunday? Awesome. Mum wants to come with us. Oh, bless him. Bless him. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. Now, going to the gym, I, I know, is not just about me. Yeah, yeah. I understand. So going to your workplace, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, is not just about you earning a, earning a or doing a, doing a business transaction, having a business, working in whatever. You are Jesus in that environment. So, so here's, here's the point. We... So you're saying this is the good works I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're saying that rather than you think that you're doing something, as in you know I'm doing my for job me, or whatever yes. for you, for mm-hmm. you, you're basically saying wherever I am, Christ has sent me. Yes, yeah. that's exactly how I see it. Yeah, yeah. That revolutionised my life mm-hmm. once I realised that about a decade and a half ago. About 15 years ago. So 15 years after walking with Jesus, I, I had this revelation. And I realized, hang on a moment. It's not about me attaining a ministry or attaining a holiness. Or, or attain, credential. Or credential. Yeah. Or, or now I'm in the right job because this is the job that the Lord opened for me. And this is it. So the other four jobs are irrelevant. I've arrived. Yeah, yeah. It's wherever I am, that's where I am. That's where he is. Yeah. Because so, you're a disciple. Yes. I carry Jesus. Yeah. So when I walk into a room, if I walk into a cafe that I regularly go to, within a couple of weeks, everyone in that cafe knows who I am. Mm-hmm. Now, people may attribute that to my personality. And I think... Or what would you say to someone that doesn't have um, the same sort of personality? I don't think it's a personality thing. That's what I'm saying, Scott. Okay. I don't think... I think some people attribute that to my personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my personality is actually a shy personality. I know this is going to become... This is like... You're going to laugh. revelation to me. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I actually don't naturally like walking into a room, naturally. Now, I'm over that now. But 20 years ago, if I walked into a room, I'd like to slide in and sit in the back and just be quiet. And, you know, I can talk to people if they talk to me, but I just, I never, but something clicked 15 years ago. Okay. Where I realized, hang on a moment, I've got God. If I walk into a room, I'm taking God of the universe with me into this room. Yeah. That doesn't mean I bring the attention to me, but I started to see that the, that people would look at me. Mm. They would see me. That sense something was happening something because different. I believed that what I was doing was taking Jesus in. So when I did that, I used that. I, I used that. Call it power. Yeah. For good. Yes, I'm with you. As yeah. a good work. Yeah, yeah. Okay, not yeah. to not to attain anything. Yeah, from me. yeah, yeah. And and you realize that that your calling was right there and now. Yes, right then and now. Yeah. What can I do for I'm you? I'm in Lord? the cafe. I'm yeah. in the cafe. And this is what I do in the in making great men. I don't Christianize making great men, although I do talk about God. But I don't Christianize it because I want people to see in there. I want to reach people who go, oh, you're a Christian, I don't want to talk to you. No, no. You're learning Christian values and you're hearing me talk about God. And this is what happened. Mm. I didn't say this earlier, but the reason why the mum wants to go to church is because she's listening to my podcast and she's loving it. And then she heard me mention God. So she said, is this man a Christian? And he goes, yes, he is. Oh, where does he go to church? Can I, Can we go? Yeah, amazing. Right? Yeah. But I say in that podcast... When you go to a cafe, you're not just going to grab a coffee and have breakfast. No, absolutely. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. And when you go in with that mindset, you always see something. Maybe not 100% of the time, but enormous amount of a high percentage of time, you'll notice someone. The Lord will talk to you. Bless this person. Go, go minister to this person. Go smile at this person. Like you don't even I, now. I don't even need to hear God to say go do this. The only time I do that, the kids isn't know, that, right? Isn't that amazing? Like it just reminded me of Christ where the Pharisees accused him of making friends with sinners. Correct. And tax very collectors. Very good point. Yes. Yeah. And he was with them constantly. But his mission field was them. Yes. So he was out there making friends. Yes. For one purpose. For one purpose. That he could influence them. Yes. And, and how did he influence them? He influenced them with his love yep. and his mercy yep. and, his, and his truth. Yeah, that's how we influenced them. Yeah, so so I go in with that, and again, grace I, and truth. Yes. I actually heard that. Uh, grace this and week. truth. Yes, grace and truth. Yeah, right. And so th- that's what I'm saying, Must Scott. You, man, you've just you've just you've just you've just exploded it then, mm. because that's what I heard again 15 years ago. That when I walk into a place, when we as disciples of Jesus walk into a place, you're taking grace and truth with you. You've got love and mercy and compassion for people, but there's truth. I don't I don't shy away from the fact that I'm a Christian. Yeah, and and I think too that. In our approaching, where a bit you'll have different extremes where people will go, no, 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 just full of grace, 
full of grace yes, without correct. truth. Yes. So therefore, and then the other side, and then you have the other truth, side, which is all truth and no grace, and no grace. Mm. So what happens is, is that you know, you, that is like a Bible basher, if you like. Yes. Oh, well, yes. I'm speaking the truth. That's yep. okay. But mm. where's the grace? You got to understand that they're ignorant of things. Hundred percent. You know, forgive yep. them, Lord. They they literally don't know what they're doing. Well, so th- this is the thing. This is the thing that this 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 woman had said to me a little while ago. And what about me? Yes. Before I knew God. Well, exactly. That's the thing, right? You yeah. Said it. Who are you? Yeah, exactly. That you would go and judge someone else because of their life when they yeah. don't know Lord, right? Yeah. Or even if they do know the Lord. Where's the grace here? Yeah, yeah, grace and truth, man. Exactly, like right? So so perfect example is the Can young have that man. for free. Hey, that's, throw that in there. <laughs> 1995 for everything else. Um, <laughs> um, he says to me, he says, look, mum deals with a lot of the arts people. Yeah, she right. works in the art world. So she okay. sees a lot of homosexual and, and uh, gay transgender people uh, all the time. And she hears their hearts and she, you know, she's got this soft spot for them. And I think the ideology is really messing with her. And I said to him, buddy, listen to me very carefully. I understand that because your mum's empathetic and your mum's compassionate. Yeah. But understand there is there is something called l- I can love you and care for you and respect you without agreeing with you. Yeah. It's not tolerance. Tolerance is intolerant. Tolerance says, I'll put up with you. Mm. But what Jesus bought was a love without agreeing. He went, and this is what I'm saying to him today. I literally had to stop my stopwatch where I was where I was working out. I had to stop my little timer thing so I could basically Explain minister it. to this kid. Yeah, yeah. That what Jesus did was he went into sinners and tax collectors and, and prostitutes and talked with them because he loved them. He showed them love. He yeah. showed them respect. He showed them care. And he, but he spoke the truth to them. He told them, I don't agree with your lifestyle, but I love you. Yeah, that's right. I don't agree with what you're doing. What you're doing is wrong. It's going to send you to a bad place. But I love you. Yeah, I'm here. yeah. I'm, and he didn't say I love you from afar. He, he's in the he's in the dirt with them. You know what I love is that the same Jesus that feed the 5,000 also spoke more about hell than anyone else. Correct. So here you have a perfect example of grace yes, and truth. Absolutely. He's feeding them. He's loving them. He's healing them. He's teaching them. He's, he's healing teaching them. them yep. But he's also warning them. Guys. You do need to turn from yes, sin. Yes. And this is the truth. Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it, right? And so when, when, we get to those, when we get to those last couple of verses, it says, verse 22, but now having been set, set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and to the end, everlasting life. Verse, verse 23, for the wages, look how he finishes this verse. I love it. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Huh? Amen. I think, I think that's a very good way to finish chapter 6. Romans 6, 23. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. For the wages of sin is death, but God gives us eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, Scott. 